0: Be true to who you are. Find people that lift you up. Find people that you trust to check yourself against and balance yourself against. And and I promise you, you will will set yourself apart. But just be real to who you are. And I promise that's going to shine through.
1: so used to getting feedback from the higher ranks to go down and most likely I feel like we hear more of the negative first that's what is said and then when we actually do good no one says anything so there's that miscommunication of did I do good did I not do good as the younger airman so that's definitely it's really important to hear that feedback of just like hey how am I doing am I all right am I okay
0: what should I correct or adjust and that's often Whereas newer first-line supervisors, it's tough. And because we give a lot of our attention to the folks that need a lot more care and feeding and the folks that are performing well, what do we tend to do? We tend to let them carry on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you don't need any attention right now. You're doing good. I got to focus my attention over here on this, on this troop that's just struggling and I got to redirect them, right? I got I to drag them along. And then we tend to neglect the folks that are kind of in that mediocre that average we tend to neglect and then we also tend to give attention to those those perceived kind of superstars because we want to highlight them and then we have this 80% of the population that we tend to just kind of neglect and let kind of carry on the way that they're carrying on and i think that's a dangerous thing to do because when you do that you're you're inviting so much risk for them to just slip further down on that spectrum, right? When all it would take is, is a little bit of attention and validation of what they are doing and what do they want to do? You know, what do they see as their strengths and weaknesses? What do you see as their strengths and weaknesses? All it would take is that little bit of attention to kind of tweak that and to show that person that you see them, we just have to make time for it. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I have high expectations for senior NCOs. There is an absolute obligation that senior NCOs are deliberately doing that within their teams, and that they're feeding all of that information up the chain because, for example, the boss and I, no matter how much time we get out and spend, and he is amazing, by the way, and the amount of time that he makes to just get out into the unit and spend time at all levels, it's unlike anything I've seen in my 21 years, and it's beautiful. But even that, he's still not seeing everything, right? So we have obligations at every level. That obligation gets a little heavier and heavier and heavier to make sure that we're voicing that, right, and representing our team up the chain as well.
1: So would you say what's the common mistake that new NCOs make? Just to clarify. Definitely understanding your fellow airmen or the airmen that you're guiding, but what else as new NCOs are rising or coming up through the ranks?
0: Sure. So I think... A lot of times, and I'm going to talk specifically to security forces here, right? A lot of times, defenders, we have created an environment where a new NCO places upon themselves an unrealistic expectation that they should know how to do everything, that they should know the answer to everything, that they should know the direction for their troop, that they should be able to solve any problem, and I'm deliberately using the word should and I'm not bullshitting you here. My therapist ages ago, 2007, 2008, helped me remove the word should from my vocabulary because you should all over yourself is how I remember it. But we create an environment where that is the unrealistic expectation. I believe that junior NCOs put on themselves that they should be able to do all of these things to where we remove the reality that this is a team sport. We are all in this as an organization together. And then there's smaller teams within the organization, absolutely 100% tracking, but we're in this together. This is not an individual NCO against the world or an individual NCO and, and, and the troops that they're responsible for and then the challenges and goals that they have within their own career and everything else that we have outside of when we're in our professional role to deal with. None of us is in this alone. And I think we are so, it's so dramatic to go into a new tier. It's so dramatic to go from an airman to an NCO. And we put, we, we talk about it as we should, because it's a whole nother level of responsibility. It's a whole nother chapter in your service. It's a, it's a gut check, right? And a, and a time to kind of revalidate and assess what you believe and how you carry yourself. So don't get me wrong, it's a higher level of performance, but nothing about that move into the NCO tier means you're on your own. If anything, I would say, it's when you get taught the secret handshake and you have each other's back even more, and we can collaboratively solve problems and get after issues and think through how to handle something. But it's almost as if we're scared to do that because, because we're, we think we're supposed to be able to do it on our own. And it's almost as if, in addition to that, sometimes supervisors are scared to spend time with their people because they have this idea of how rigid that relationship is supposed to be. If you can't tell the difference between spending time with your airman and sleeping with your airman, you probably shouldn't be an NCO. Those are two very different ends of the spectrum. And the boss talks about, um, you know, what, uh, he talks about perception. I can't remember the exact words that he used when he talks about it, but he talks about uh, perception and what, what could be a bad look, right, what could be temptation and what could be a perception that causes a problem for an NCO. Has anybody been in the room when he talks about it? No? All right, I won't dive into it. But, um, but, but safe to say, right, as NCOs, I think there's an unrealistic expectation whether we are levying that on, on NCOs or NCOs are levying that upon themselves, I think it's a combination of both of those things because I think culturally we're allowing it to happen to so where they set unrealistic expectations that they're supposed to be able to work through everything on their own. And that's just a flat out lie. I'm chief mass sergeant in security forces, right? I'm a defender chief. I don't work through shit alone. A lot of things I'm capable of, right? And I don't, I don't necessarily have to tag somebody else in because of my experience, because of my background, because I can, I can work through it effectively. But there isn't an expectation that everything that comes to me, I have to be able to handle on my own. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I can tell you, if as a chief master Sergeant, especially a security forces chief, which which is a little different, uh, I would argue, if, if the expectation is that I don't have to work through it alone and I'm not expected to work through everything on my own, you sure as shit can bet that for that brand new NCO, they're not expected to work through it on their own. And I think the more that we can actually acknowledge that, we can shift that belief in that culture, you know there's not everything doesn't have to be this internal competition or this internal strife within our own organization the more that we get back to the fact that this is a team sport the stronger we're all going to be i think we lose that part
1: sometimes i think there's a confusion between being a team but also being a group i remember my time on flight when you're on your flight your focus on your flight and your flight is it's a group it's pretty much yeah sometimes there's people that don't get along but it's just a group because you guys are just there to do your shift. But sometimes we, you lose
0: that big goal of being a team and seeing that
1: bigger picture.
0: And that's exactly—I think you hit the nail on the head, right? That it's—and I can give you the PME definition. I won't do that to you, but it, it is—it's <laughs> still so much a part of my brain from my time instructing. But, but what is that purpose? What is that common purpose that drives people? And if if we take for granted that that's just understood by everybody. We're missing the mark. And that's how we just end up, hey, this is a paycheck. I'm going to come in. I'm going to do the job. I'm going to do what I need to do to get myself home safe and to not get demoted, right? Not get in trouble. And then I'm going to punch and and I'm going to go home. At the end of the day, I'm going to lay my head on the pillow, right? So that's what, as leaders, that's what our obligation is to help what is the why? What are we doing? What is that purpose? And not just the immediate right in front of us purpose for that shift, but what, as, as a unit, as an installation, what are we doing here? As, as defenders, Air Force-wide, what do we exist to do? As an Air Force, what are we doing? All of those things matter, not in every single conversation, but if you don't understand that purpose and you don't understand that why, that's exactly what happens. We all kind of regress and we all kind of just go into our little hole and stay within our little swim lane, if you will. And that's all we see. So, based off
2: of leadership, of um, constantly being involved with their airmen and getting to know their airmen, promotions come about um, you ter- among different ter- different sessions, different times of the year and whatnot. So, um, Often we get like uh, Scott said, uh, we are often given good leaders or bad leaders, and we also have to take the time to reflect on ourselves of what we've achieved and how we can achieve it, um, showing it to you guys, to showing it to leadership, and letting you guys know that um, we are getting involved and we're doing our job, even when our leaders may not, may or may not see us. So I come about uh a question of where today where we're where COVID is happening so basically my question is um how would you say leadership will go about being fair amongst promotions for those who were promoted based off of writing everything on paper compared to an individual who may or may not show passion about what they've done currently I think it's unfair that um Certain airmen are getting the opportunity to express their achievements virtually when um, others had to write it on paper, and it's it can only stick out based off how you read it compared to how how passionate a person is. So, when you say virtual promotions, what are you talking about? I'm talking about things like BTZ or not even BTZ. It can be other. ranking positions and whatnot when you look at a piece of paper you're just reading their past achievements and um how do how can we go about making it fair
0: okay so let me see if i'm i'm tracking i I think that i am much of our recognition and promotion programs are based on what's documented correct not actually being able to assess that person Mm -hmm. and the type of potential that they have in the energy that they bring and the passion that they bring. Is that track? Correct. Okay. a hundred percent agree with you. Our system is designed as a records review outside of BTZ, right? Because BTZ, that individual, when it's not canceled for COVID reasons has the ability to represent themselves in person so that we can assess their, their poise, their professionalism, their ability to communicate, their ability to think on their feet. And just kind of that energy that they bring to assess their potential to promote ahead of their peers, right? So so that's a little bit different. I like in-person boards for that reason. What I would offer as supervisors, and then when you look to that, the next tier of superintendents, and then you look to that top tier of the command team, we all have very specific and heavy responsibilities in how we document and how we communicate not just to that individual how they're performing but for that long-term cumulative record of their performance and their potential for increased responsibility and increased rank what i think we get wrong and have gotten wrong for for as long as i can almost as long as i can remember is we don't hold first line supervisors to so the, uh, the raters to the appropriate degree of weight on their shoulders and relevance into what their assessment of that individual's performance is, we kind of let first line supervisors off the hook and we wait to see what that additional rater has to say. We wait to see what that superintendent has to say. And in so doing, this is my individually held opinion, this does not represent the views of the United States Air Force. I think in so doing, we are letting those first line supervisors know that their assessment doesn't really matter. If those first-line supervisors are not in the room, at least in the initial dialogue that's happening about promotion recommendations, because that's specifically what I think a part of your question is, Mm -hmm. then we're inferring to those supervisors that their assessment doesn't matter. And when we tell you that your assessment doesn't matter, how much time, effort, and energy are you gonna put into what's documented the feedback that you give that person formally, and how you rate them. I think we have done that. We have taken away the supervisor's voice and the weight in what they have to say. It's a powerful thing what that first line supervisor sees in that person and the potential they have. But if we don't have a system, if we don't execute the system in a manner that we reinforce that and we hear you and we give you a voice at the table, as part of those deliberations i think we're getting it wrong from the very beginning that's my opinion now the additional rater matters right because not every supervisor has the same experience ability uh, or give a shit to actually be professional and rational and use use real justification and standards and expectations to judge their people right some supervisors use personal opinion and and personality preferences and 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 allow biases to interfere. And I'm not just talking unconscious bias. I mean, some some people shouldn't be trusted with that degree of, of responsibility or need to be molded to recognize those biases, right? And so the additional rater, I like that in our process. I like that there is someone else that also looks at those records and looks at that person's performance. But I think we undervalue what first-line supervisors, I think we individually as each organization, each squadron that you're a part of, I think that's where we fix this. I don't think that this is an Air Force like revamp the process again and somehow fix the form and that's this. I don't think that's the case because I can tell you it's the squadron that does the enlisted force distribution panel, right? At least initially, we may not have enough people eligible for each cycle that we get to do that completely in-house. Usually in security forces squadrons, we have enough because our squadrons are so large. Our unit is gigantic. So we've got lots of folks. But I think we, that's where we fix it. We fix it at the squadron level by requiring and expecting and holding supervisors accountable to the obligation that they have and the voice that they have in that discussion. When a package is routing, right, for, for let's kind of move from promotion and talk recognition, that needs to start at the supervisor. Not that they have to write it on their own because I'll go back to what I said a moment ago. You're not on your own to do everything. But whether that's an actual recommendation for a decoration or recognition needs to start at the supervisor. Not the first person on that chain that has any weight in the conversation is that master sergeant. Where is that first line supervisor? Where's that squad leader? We can't allow the way that we execute these processes to just remove that first line supervisor's view.
2: I definitely understand uh, your aspect. I tr- I trust the super what the supervisor does for their troops I do um, now or some of us have the advantage to l- come face to face with with you virtually and tell you about ourselves which is definitely I believe is different from on paper so
0: more of a connection direct to that troop and maybe a more accurate sight picture correct of that troop versus what's vetted through right. that supervisor or formed by that supervisor
2: right okay and I believe there can be biases as well when there's a, a opportunity of virtual.
0: So what I don't want you to take for granted is the fact that how you carry yourself every day is, is projecting that out as well, right? So how you perform every day, how you polish your communication that you put your name to, whether that's a blotter entry, whether that's a statement, you know, whatever it may be, you're doing what you're describing every day in an organization, whether you're on time with training requirements, you're sending that message. right? Whether you're proactive with training requirements or your supervisor has to come track you down or your superintendent gets a list of all the people that are coming due and due in two days or overdue, you're you're already projecting that in ways that I think people take for granted in what you're doing day in and day out. So don't discount that grind every day. And how proactive you are, how much give a shit you have yourself versus being chased down for things absolutely is already setting a reputation for you. And, and it happens in every organization. It happens at every rank. And, and you, that's always evolving and you always have the ability to do better. I think we are in a window of time right now where we as an institution are getting better at recognizing exactly what you're talking about. Right and, and, and seeing that troop for who they are and, and having real meaningful dialogue and understanding what your goals are and what motivates you and not just in a, yep, I did a feedback today, sign this, and then we're going to just mark, mark it as done because I have to do it. I, I do think we're getting better at that. I don't subscribe to spending time, effort, and energy on comparing what exists in this reality now compared to before and whether or not that's fair to troops that are coming up under the way things are now compared to how they are before, because that's not something that, that I can control. And I, I do my best in my life to not give time, effort, energy, and worry to, to those things. Because what I can acknowledge is, hey, the way we're doing it now, this does give us a different perspective. It gives us a little more information. That's a good thing. If folks that came up before were completely dependent on what somebody put on paper for them, I get it. Are there times where somebody could have misrepresented you? Or more often what I've seen is someone else is really, really good at writing and all you did is show up and do the job and maybe not even proactively do the job, just not get in trouble. But on paper, you read like you were saving babies and putting out fires, right? And, and you're, you're a superstar. Absolutely. That happens. It, I don't think having some FaceTime is going to counteract that. I think it I think it can help us recognize if what's on paper doesn't match the person in front of you. We've had that challenge for as long as I can recall, right? What if how do we know that what's on paper matches what's in person? Again, I go back to my deeply held belief that we fix that at the squadron level. If you look around at your peers, right? When you know, hey, here are the 12 15 20 people that are competing for something, and Not that it has to be a competition, but I think it helps frame this. Do you know when you look across that panel of folks that are eligible who the top performers are? Who gives a shit? Who's involved compared to who's not? Do you know who walks the walk compared to who doesn't give a shit about anybody day to day and is just looking out for themselves? I would offer to you that the majority of the time, you may not know to every single person, but we know those things within our organization. What we have to be is more willing to be honest about that look and be honest about how we document, be honest about those decisions that we make and be honest with that person. Hey, here's the impact that you're having on the team. Here's how you're carrying yourself. Here's how you're coming across. This is what's detrimental. And, and going back to that, the very first discussion point that we had, give them that opportunity. Instead of just cleaning it up on paper because that's easier to do than confronting the challenges with that person. I kind of went all over the place. Did that get after it? Yes. Okay. What, what I would promise to you, people know, people can tell if you give a shit, even if you get some things wrong every once in a while, right? Because you're going to. We're all mere mortals. People can tell if you give a shit. People can tell if you're doing things for the right reason versus just doing it because you're just checking a box somewhere and you want to get somebody off your back or you want to look good on paper, people can tell, and they may not be able, you may not immediately tell, right? Cause some folks are, are can kind of, um, can hide those motives. But I'm telling you right now, people can tell, just be true to who you are, find people that lift you up, find people that you trust to to check yourself against and balance yourself against. And, and I promise you, you will, you will, you will set yourself apart. Don't worry about that guy that's just doing it to check a box. That shit's going to catch up with them. Sometimes it doesn't catch up until they're chief mass sergeant. Sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes folks kind of slip through and, and they do just enough and, and it absolutely happens. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every person that makes it to senior mass sergeant or chief mass sergeant that they're the heat and they're in it for the right reasons and they're ethical and they're moral and they give a shit. That's not the case. But I, I believe, I have that faith in the system. I have that belief that it will catch up. And I've, I've actually seen it catch up to where you, you can't hide anymore, right? Where you get exposed uh, for kind of what those ulterior motives are. So, so stay true to who, what you know your drive is and what your passion is. And don't, don't hide it from people. I'm not saying you gotta like put it on blast in front of Garmount every day, but, but just be real to who you are. And I promise that's gonna shine through.